Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. 
Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at His hands to set forth His most worthy praise, to hear His holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship Him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by His infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against You in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved You with a whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Christ our Passover. Alleluia. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. 
Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia! Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin, once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia! Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Psalm 16 Protect me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I have said to the Lord, You are my Lord, my good above all other. All my delight is upon the godly that are in the land, upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied. Their libations of blood I will not offer, nor take the names of their gods upon my lips. O Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not fall. My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope, for you will not abandon me to leave the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke their bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. 
on the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you, seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you, beholding the depths. In the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. A reading from the first letter of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now, for a little while, you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, that through perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls the word of the Lord thanks be to God
A reading from the Gospel according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I sent you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called a twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Word of the Lord First let me say how happy I am to deliver this reflection on our readings today, and yet I'm sad that I can't do it with you sitting in the sanctuary in front of me. I also want to mention my appreciation to Father Mario for his efforts that allow us to bring this podcast to you this morning. I know there are a whole range of emotions out there because each of you have been impacted in some way by this pandemic. Some may have actually gotten sick with COVID-19, either knowing it or not. Fortunately, I have not heard of any cases within our church community, but that doesn't mean there haven't been any. We know we're facing an unseen threat that can present itself in a mild form or one that's life-threatening. Others of you are healthcare workers or people designated as essential. To you, I want to express my heartfelt thanks. Thank you for the risks you take to help the rest of us. Others of you are healthcare workers or people designated as essential. To you, I want to express my heartfelt thanks. Thank you for the risk you're taking to help the rest of us. You may see what you're doing as only your job, but for those of us depending on you, if you are an essential worker, then you are a lifeline. And if you are a healthcare worker, then you are our lifesaver. Many of you have lost jobs or have had to take a reduction in pay or a reduction in hours, or you may be on the cusp of losing your business. Each of these situations can and do have devastating effects financially, psychologically, physically, and spiritually. This pandemic swept the world so fast and with such force, there was no time to evaluate, no time to plan, 
no time to prepare. Instead, what many have been left with is picking up the pieces and just hoping to survive. For this last group, today's gospel reading is very much directed at you. But before I go there, I want to give a shout out to the parents, many who now find themselves trying to fill even more roles than they had before, already feeling maxed out before the pandemic. Now you're working from home, while at the same time homeschooling your kids and keeping up a household. It's a Herculean effort, and I pray for your perseverance. And I also know there are many out there like me who have been minimally affected by this pandemic. Certainly we are inconvenienced by travel restrictions and having to hunker down in our homes, but it's nothing in comparison to those with the disease or those directly caring for the sick or those dealing with a job loss or those juggling work and family at home. No, you could say we're the lucky ones, but it's not because we're any smarter than those affected, nor can we, or should we, take the credit for better preparing ourselves for this crisis. No, it's rather that for some reason we have been spared, and as such, we have a special responsibility to the others not so fortunate, and I will share more on that in a minute. Getting back to our gospel reading, as many of you know, the church calendar is a three-year cycle. So over a three-year period, almost every Sunday, we hear different readings. However, today's gospel is different in the sense that it is the same gospel read on the second Sunday of Easter every year, the story of Doubting Thomas. As I was growing up and attending parochial school, I remember any discussion of Doubting Thomas was always in negative terms. It was always said, or at least implied, that if only Thomas had more trust, or if only Thomas had more faith, then he would have believed. But as I have gotten older, and especially in light of what we are experiencing with this sudden pandemic, I think Thomas's reaction is easily understandable and even expected. After all, up to a week before Jesus's untimely death, Thomas thought he had things under control. Thomas's life was good. Doesn't that sound a lot like us? Up to about a month ago, we thought we had things pretty well under control. Unemployment was at record lows. There were help wanted signs posted all over. Our lives were good. It's not to say there weren't some people struggling, because there are always people who find themselves in circumstances that are not favorable for one reason or another. But as a nation, we saw ourselves as prosperous, solid, and growing. As I expect, many of us were patting ourselves on the back for how well we had done. We thought we had control over our future, and if asked, we would have readily taken credit for our success. After all, we are Americans, and since childhood we have been told that any one of us could grow up to be president. All we had to do was work and study hard, make the necessary sacrifices, and if we did these things, we would enjoy success. And for many of us, success came, and we claimed it as our own. We considered ourselves successful because of our efforts. We really were like Thomas before Jesus' crucifixion. Thomas had staked his future on Jesus being the Messiah. He had left his job and his home to follow Jesus. It's where he had placed his time and energy, his hopes and dreams. 
He thought he had bet on a sure thing. After all, he had witnessed Jesus' ability to heal people and even bring them back from the dead. Thomas was there when Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem to the chants and praises of the people. Thomas credited himself with picking a winner. Then bang, just like that, the wind changed. Jesus went from a victor to a villain, and Thomas found himself not on the inside, but on the outside. And he felt the fool for it. He was confused, afraid, and hurt, which I expect is the way many of you may be feeling right now. Thomas just didn't see it coming. It wasn't something he could even imagine happening. He didn't have an answer to what or why it happened. So is it any wonder then, when he's told by the other ten apostles that Jesus is alive, that he's skeptical? After all, his loss on that Friday brought him to the brink of despair. His faith was being severely tested. His question was, wasn't God supposed to protect him from bad things like this? After all, Thomas saw himself as a good man and a decent person. For many of you listening, I expect that sadly sounds like what you are going through. This may not give you much comfort right now, but there is no one who hasn't felt hurt by what they perceived as God letting them down. Expectations that have failed to materialize. Let me repeat that. There is no one who hasn't felt hurt by what they perceived as God letting them down. Expectations that have failed to materialize. Everyone, and I mean everyone, have had doubts about God when bad things have happened to them or to their loved ones. The question is, what do you do with those feelings of hurt, of confusion, of skepticism, and of doubt? You can't just ignore them, and certainly don't deny they exist. They are real, and you need to deal with them honestly. Prayer is an important piece of your strategy, but it can't be your whole strategy. You need to talk with others, family, those experiencing your same trials, and maybe even seek professional help. The first tendency many of us have is to brood over our situation in isolation, which only makes things worse and ends up depressing us. What's needed is an action plan. Accepting that your situation isn't going to get better soon, and you can't do it alone. Make prayer a part of your plan, and God will help to guide your next steps. The ten days between Jesus' crucifixion and Thomas's faithful meeting with Jesus had to be excruciatingly lonely for Thomas, but his life improved, and so will yours. It doesn't and it won't change overnight, but there are better days ahead. You are not a failure. There was nothing about this pandemic that you could have prepared for. Because if there were, then millions and millions of people worldwide would not have been caught off guard. What you're dealing with is a setback, a chapter in your book of life, but this setback is not your whole book. It's a difficult time for sure, but through prayer, action, and support, you will get through this. Now I would like to address those individuals like myself who have only been marginally impacted by this pandemic. For us, the pandemic has been an inconvenience. 
and not an earth-shattering threat to our physical or financial well-being. We need to heed the words of our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. It talks about the early Christians dedicating themselves to a communal way of life, showing love, showing care, and showing concern for one another and sharing their resources with others. This is not the time for us least impacted to be selfish, stingy, or self-centered. As I mentioned earlier, many of us believe the success we enjoy is solely based on our own hard work and our own good judgment, when in truth, it's only by the grace of God that we're not in those long lines waiting for food to feed our families or to sign up for unemployment benefits. It is time to give God the credit for the gifts we have received, and when God gives us gifts, it's with the intention that we are to share them. In the past, we likely figured some government program or someone else would step up and step in to help the people in need, and maybe it was, but the situation we are now facing is so unprecedented, impacting so many at the same time that it calls on all of us who can to pitch in and help those suffering. We may not be doctors or nurses taking care of patients or scientists that are working on a vaccine, but if we can help with our time, talent, and treasure to lessen the pain of others, then we have a moral, a biblical, and a Christian responsibility to do so. We are one humanity, meaning we truly are in this together and it can turn out to be our greatest moment of giving hope and showing generosity towards others, or it will be our worst moment where selfishness and greed cause us to turn a blind eye to the desperate plight of so many. In addition to this being the second Sunday of Easter, it is also designated as Divine Mercy Sunday. Although I don't have the time to go into the history and significance of that designation, what I will say is that Jesus died on the cross out of love for us, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. For him, it was a merciful act. He showed us his divine mercy. He is our model of sacrifice, and right now our world is in desperate need of people willing to sacrifice, willing to show mercy in an effort to help others. I'll conclude with a quick reference to our second reading from the first book of Peter. The reading is one of hope, but not the hope that things are good now and we hope that they get even better, but the opposite. The reading says we should expect periods of trial, but that Jesus will be with us through the trial. Jesus will give us hope even when times look the bleakest. The final couple of verses of the same book are, And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power, to him be the praise. Amen. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. With the words Christ gave us, we pray. the people. Pray for the church for an end to divisions among Christians, that God inspire us to continue our quest for Christian unity. Pray that all may be one. Hear our prayer. Pray for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Hear our prayer. bishops, our clergy, our staff, and our lay ministers. Hear our prayer. Pray for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the suffering, and those who have died. Hear our prayer. for health care workers, first responders, and grocery store employees. Hear our prayer. Let us pray for the special needs and concerns of this congregation and where you are right now. At this time, you can take a moment to pause the recording to offer your own prayers.
Almighty and Eternal God, Ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hello, this is Father Mario. On behalf of the Church of the Holy Apostles in Virginia Beach, Virginia, I thank you for being with us this morning or tonight, depending on your time zone, of course. Special thanks to Deacon Gary for his homily. And thank you to our readers and everyone that made this podcast possible. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. May the blessing of God Almighty, Padre, Hijo y Espíritu Santo, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. <laughs>